Welcome to Religion for Life, a program at the intersection of religion, social justice, and public life. I'm John Schock, the minister of the First Presbyterian Church of Elizabethton, Tennessee. Religion for Life is a co-production of WETS Johnson City, Tennessee and WEHC Emory, Virginia. Religion can be a source of inspiration and liberation. It can also be a source of prejudice and discrimination. Religion has served the interests of the status quo and of change in various struggles for equality and civil rights. In the studio are two men working for equality and justice for LGBT people in the Tri-Cities area. The organizations they represent are not religious, but more often than not, a certain kind of religion has been used to dehumanize and to restrict the rights of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender persons. My guests today are Keith Frederick, who is the president of PFLAG Tri-Cities, and Joseph Reimer, who is the chair of the Tennessee Equality Project Tri-Cities. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you here uh, today on Religion for Life. Uh, PFLAG Tri-Cities, PFLAG is an acronym for Parents, Families, uh, Parents and Families of Lesbians and Gays, and it's been expanded to Parents, Families, Friends of Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender People. And there is a chapter uh, locally in the Tri-Cities area, uh, call them, call it PFLAG Tri-Cities. And there's a website, PFLAG, www.pflagtricities.org. And uh, the Tennessee Equality Project um, is a statewide organization that advocates for legislation uh, for LGBT issues. And uh, there's a Tri-Cities chapter, which Joe is the chair of that, Tennessee. And that, and that website is www.tnep.org. Joe, tell us a little bit about um, the Tennessee Equality Project and what you're doing and what's going on with that. Well, I mean, as you said, we are a statewide organization. We have committees all over the state. I mean, uh, Memphis, Nashville, Jackson, Tennessee, as well as Chattanooga and the Tri-Cities in Knoxville. Um, we spend a lot of our time monitoring the legislature in Nashville, just reviewing legislation to see how it will affect our community, as well as proposing new legislation for protections um, for employment, housing, um, hate crimes, and other issues. And the legislature is meeting now, I think I saw, or, or, or about this time of the year? Uh, yes. Um, I mean, they have returned to Nashville, um, so they are beginning to review legislation. Um, I mean, there are several bills that we're watching pretty closely right now. Um, many people have heard of the Don't Say Gay bill, which actually restricts um, any mention of any of the LGBT community um, within schools for uh, K through 8. Um we, we advocate against that bill based on the fact that, um, you know, children with LGBT parents would not be able to communicate about their families at all um, within schools. And then uh, another big bill right now is uh, we're calling it the License to Bully Bill. Um, across the country, there have been movements to increase bullying protections due to um, increased numbers of people teen and children's suicides, and this license to bully bill um, actually creates a loophole in uh, the freedom of speech um, rights uh, that would allow any person to pretty much say anything they wanted to as long as they could base it in a religious or political or philosophical perspective. So you're calling it the license to bully bill. I suppose the people who are presenting it are from a religious perspective, and, and they want to be able to have in the language that you can 
say, for example, homosexuality is a sin or something and not being having that considered to be bullying? Is that... I mean, that's, I mean... Is that their argument? That sounds like their objective. I mean, the really, the, a huge problem, especially with both of these bills in, um, combined, is if they both went through, a child could be criticized from a religious perspective and then would have no recourse because their educator wouldn't be able to talk about it in any way. And this is actually, we don't already have bullying bills um, that prevent bullying or... Currently, um, there there's some new legislation that just passed last year that kind of sets a, a really broad category, saying that you know bullying is wrong and every school should have a bullying policy, but it leaves it up to the local school board and, and officials to to decide what bullying is and what the penalties are. I mean, we're actually advocating some better bullying bills that we think that that kind of list off. You know, I mean, if you're if, if you're harassing someone for these reasons, then that is bullying, and it, it's not acceptable. And so this bill is one that wants people to be able to give the give a pass for certain kinds of harassment. Right. I mean, and our argument is that you know, with the Bill of Rights and your freedom of speech, you already have protections there. I mean, but the courts have seen to put limits on those protections that you can only go so far before it becomes harassment, and this this bill creates a loophole in that. So that, for example, I mean, if, if a conservative Christian individual wanted to tell a child, you know, you're a sodomite and you're going to hell, I mean, every day that they come to school, then that's okay because it's a religious view. I mean, or even if, uh, let's say, a Pentecostal individual wants to tell another Christian, well, you're not really a Christian because you're wearing jeans instead of a dress, I mean, sort of situations. I mean, so it just gets kind of extreme. I mean, it's, I mean, these are discussions that should be happening at home, in churches, I mean, in their own congregations. I mean, and, and that's not to exclude other religions, I mean, because it could be the same for Islam or Hindu or, I mean, any other religion that wants to have a problem with the way you're living your life. And, I mean, like I said, I mean, we, our schools are not supposed to be the places for, you know, social agendas. So if I wanted to say um, I wanted a license to bully short people, ridicule people because they're short, but I can do that because my religion says that being short is a sin. I mean, <laughs> if, if, I mean, if that's what you want, I mean, you know, that's, I mean, that's my argument is that, you know, this is pretty much making anything okay as long as I can say that my pastor told me so. Okay, what other bills are coming up? I mean, those are our two biggest ones. I mean, as far as the LGBT community is concerned, um, I mean, there's a, there's a new voter ID bill that's out, I mean, that we're really concerned about as far as the transgendered community. Um, it's requiring a photo ID at the polls. And um, the transgender community is actually limited in what they can do to change their ID. Um, in the state of Tennessee, you actually can't change your birth certificate or your, your gender on your birth certificate. So a lot of transgender people's, their driver's license does not match their presentation. So we're concerned that when it comes to voting, that if they're showing a photo ID that says they're male, but they're presenting as female, I mean, would they be turned away? I mean, and if people do want to help us with these issues, I mean, as you said, they can go to tnep.org, but we have petitions set up on change.org forward slash tnep, and there are petitions there for increasing bullying policies as well as opposing these the legislation I've listed. This is Religion for Life. I'm John Shuck, and my guests are Joseph Reimer, the chair of the Tennessee Equality Project, 
uh, uh, Tri-Cities, uh, a part of the Tennessee Equality Project, talking about some of the legislation uh, that is going to Tennessee to, uh, in regards to LGBT people. I'm also speaking with Keith Frederick, who is the president of PFLAG Tri-Cities, uh, parents, family, and friends of lesbians and gays. Welcome, Keith. Thank you, John. Um, how long have you been uh, the president of PFLAG? I've been involved in PFLAG for two years. I've been president this this current year. And what is what does PFLAG do, and why are you involved in it? Well, as you mentioned, PFLAG is a national organization. It was founded to help families and individuals find support as they're coming to deal with their sexual identities. And what are some of the things that we do? And I say we because I'm, um, I'm actually, I know Joe and Keith, and I've been involved also with PFLAG Tri-Cities and TNEP. We have a monthly meeting. At that point, people come together, some who are questioning their own sexuality, some who are advocates for gays and lesbians, bisexual and transgendered people. And we um, essentially offer support to one another. If there are families who are having a difficult time dealing with the sexual identity of a child, um, then there are parents involved in our group who can offer um, from their own experience support as to how to deal with those issues. And PFLAG Tri-Cities meets on the third Thursday. The third Thursday of each month at a migrating location on ETSU. If you go to our website, pflagtricities.org, we make a point of updating that, and each month you can find out where on the campus we're meeting. And that's at 7 o'clock on the third Thursday. So why is this organization important? Well, it's very important to me, having been, um, having grown up as a gay child in East Tennessee, I moved back from the Boston area about three years ago where there's a very much more progressive attitude about acceptance of diversity. And so for me, it's important because I really want anyone in this area to not struggle the way I did as a child growing up here. You know, in general, um, being gay is still very much a, a minority view here in East Tennessee. So it's important that people find uh, allies and support to deal with this incredibly personal and intense situation. And just by saying that here today on the radio, you probably have inspired and encouraged other youth who are gay, who may be listening, who are thinking that they might be all alone or not have an ally or an advocate. Yeah, and I'm not asking anybody to do anything except to be true to who they are. That, I think, is what we're called as beings, both in a social and a religious context, to be the essence of who we were made to be. So that's my hope, that someone has been inspired just by hearing me today. Right. I'm speaking with Keith Frederick of PFLAG Tri-Cities and Joseph Reimer of the Tennessee Equality Project. Joe, why did you get involved in the Tennessee Equality Project? You spend quite a bit of time with this. Um, I do. <clears throat> I mean, growing up here, I, um, I mean, I've always been an advocate type of person. I mean, in, in social justice issues. Um, early on, I was involved in like poverty and, um, and social class issues like um, homelessness and uh, like food drives and different things like that I mean and honestly it was just it's I mean as a gay man when I came out uh, I mean I was kind of alone and isolated in this area the way Keith describes and I mean honestly they sent an email and said hey would you be interested and I said sure and it's three years later 
Um, I mean, just advocating for those who, I mean, in this community who are kind of taught, you know, not to speak out. And I, I try to empower people here. And you go and you speak to legislators? We do. Um, I mean, I personally meet with my legislators as well as others from the Tri-Cities. The Tennessee Equality Project has a has a statewide lobby day this year that'll be March 13th, where we encourage people to come to Nashville, I mean, to meet with our legislator and discuss these bills. I also help to um, drive local contact. I mean, when a bill comes up for a vote, to have people here contact their legislator to let them know, you know, as a constituent, you know, I disagree with this and I would like you to vote against it. So you've gotten to know some of the legislators. What has that experience been like? Has that been kind of uh, daunting? Uh, honestly, it kind of was. Um, this radio show was kind of daunting, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, I, uh, I honest- oh, We're all friendly folks here. I honestly am not a person. I mean, I say that I'm an advocate, but... I don't like crowds. I don't like, I mean, strangers are great. I love meeting new people. But so, I mean, you show up into a legislator's office and it's kind of their turf, you know. I mean, this is where they work. And um, I mean, but really it's 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 no different than going to the doctor is the way I describe it. It's, you know, you call and you make an appointment and you shake their hand and, you know, thank them for their service. I mean, because they are doing a service for us, helping helping to, to pass legislation that benefits us um, all across the state. And um I mean, some of them, you know, it's it's nice because in the in the time that I've been there, I mean, I'm building relationships and getting to know them, and um, you know, I mean, Matthew Hill and John Lundberg and and Ron Ramsey, I mean, those representatives, I mean, I meet with them. They and you've had some positive influence on these ledger. I mean, what is the real practical political goal of Tennessee Equality Project in the Tri Cities? I mean, you're not. Our, our legislators are probably not going to advocate for gay marriage, for example, in Tennessee. Well, no. Um, I mean, <laughs> but you want them to at least not do harmful things for the gay community. I mean, like I said, it is relationship building. I mean, on many of these legislators, I mean, the LGBT community is just outside their worldview. I mean, they don't have any brothers or sisters or cousins or you know people that they've interacted with. So for many of them, you know, I'm the first gay man who's who's walked up to them and said, you know, I am gay and you know I'm just like you. I do live here. I pay my taxes religiously. Um, so. I mean, it's just getting to know them and letting them get to know me. I mean, and, and knowing that if these issues do come up, they can contact me. I mean, and I can give them my perspective on that bill. And because many of our legislators do vote on things that don't affect them directly. Um, I mean, so with our local legislators, I mean, I'm, I'm just hoping that some negative legislation that they might think is necessary, that I can help prove to them that, you know, it's not necessary. And in reality, it hurts my community. This is Religion for Life. I'm John Schuck, and I'm speaking with Keith Frederick and Joe Reimer of PFLAG Tri-Cities and the Tennessee Equality Project, uh, working to change the lives for the better for LGBT people in East Tennessee. At the Republican debate um, the other day, one I think it was one of the candidates were saying that, uh, that kind of the, implying that the LGBT movement was just an attack on religion. And I often find that uh, very interesting to see uh, how that gets turned that way. Uh, this program is, is religion and, and its effects on, uh, on society. And so some people, and this is the idea behind the bill that you were talking about, Joe, about the, um, 
the uh, license to bully bill that somehow uh, bullying legislation uh, prohibits the freedom of religion. How did that argument, how do you respond to arguments like that? I mean, I guess I'm going to say he's never, I mean, that candidate has never been to your church. Uh, (laughs) um, I mean, the assumption there is that, you know, all religious groups kind of agree. I mean, and the reality Uh is that, you know, in our country, um, I mean, they don't. I mean, churches do vary in this opinion. I mean, in that I'm not, I mean, a common a common description or analogy that's used for the United States is that we're a melting pot and that we're all kind of blending together to become this one thing. I mean, and I completely disagree with that because the, the reality is our country is much more like beef stew. I mean, there are some carrots and there are some potatoes and I mean, and they're not melting into to carrot potatoes. They're, they're the remaining separate becoming together to make something that's amazing and beautiful. That is the United States. I mean, and that but is people Tennessee. aren't losing their own identity in doing such. Right. I mean, and I, I think, the assumption with that, I mean, with that argument is that there's one religion that is right, I mean, and the freedom of religion in this country. Or there's a definite religious view, and it's absolute, and we know what it is. Right. And that is that being gay is a sin, or something of that nature. I mean, some argue that. I mean, I argue otherwise. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a person of faith. I mean, I, I attend a, a Methodist church in Bristol, sing in the choir even, and... Um, I mean, I don't see these questions that they're raising, I mean, between myself with my orientation and my faith. Keith, what, is, what, is, what do you think about religion and being gay? Was that a, was that a, was your religious background if you, uh, conducive, uh, helpful, prohibitive? Well, I grew up in the early 60s and 70s, and so at that time, we've come a long way since that time. So it was um, when I knew, and I did know at a very early age that I was different, I didn't know quite what that was. I later understood that it was that I was gay, Um, but I didn't know what to do with that, so I hid that a lot, and I got a lot of messages from the church and from society in general that being gay was wrong and sinful and not something that I should pursue. So I struggled with that for a very long time, trying to be true to the core of who I am. Um, what, what troubles me many times about religion is, particularly Christianity, when, it's, when in my mind it's a religion of faith. And what I oftentimes seeing it look like, appear to be, is a religion of fear. And so many times people are motivated by fear and they end up expressing their hate to people who they don't understand or even take the time to try to have a dialogue with. And, and gay people and transgendered and bisexual people fall into that category still for many people of faith. This is Religion for Life. My name is John Shuck and speaking with Keith Frederick and Joseph Reimer, uh, of organizations in the Tri-Cities, the PFLAG Tri-Cities, which meets the third Thursdays at uh, 7 p.m. at various locations around ETSU. You can find out more information at pflagtricities.org and the Tennessee Equality Project, which is working to uh, make legislation on behalf of LGBT people uh, in Tennessee. And there's a Tri-Cities chapter, and Joseph Reimer is the chair of that. And we're talking about these two organizations and thinking about, I'm wondering, you mentioned that things were different in the 60s and 70s. I'm thinking that things have been quite a bit different within even the last decade. Um, 
that these organizations are fairly new, that we've made some positive strides. Would you agree? Or and we have a long way to go? Or what do you think? Especially, I'm thinking especially in the Tri-Cities. I didn't see organizations like this uh, before. Well, yeah. I mean, I grew up here. I mean, I was born in 84. I mean, and, and then there was a lot of isolation. I mean, and the reality is that there's still a lot of isolation here. Um, I mean, PFLAG and the Tennessee Equality Project and, and a new group, The Social Gathering, are providing outlets for people to come together and, I mean, to socialize. I mean, and just be around people that are like them. Um I mean, and so we are, we're creating spaces that have never existed here. I mean, and, and the reality is we don't know what that's going to look like in five years. I mean, in the three years that I, we've been doing all of this, I mean, I have seen a lot of change. A lot of people, um, I mean, traditionally in the past, it's you grow up here and then you leave. And in the, in the last couple of years, I mean, there have been more people who are choosing to stay. I mean, who are raising their families here and... I, I mean, I think that's a wonderful thing. What um, what do we need to do next? What, what kind of um, work that needs to be done to help uh, understanding uh, for LGBT people? That's a great question. I think it's a matter of really looking at people for who they are, not for what we perceive them to be. There's a lot of stereotypes that are projected onto gay people. And it's tempting to want to be to buy into those. But underneath all of that, you have individuals who are struggling to be the best people they can be, who really want to have loving and tender relationships with a significant other, and who believe in family, just as most people do. So I think just allowing people to be known on an individual basis and seeing them rather than objectifying an entire group of people. Okay. This is Religion for Life, and we are talking about the impact of a religion on LGBT people and LGBT issues. And um, I've been a minister for, for 20 years, and I would say within my denomination, uh, we focus this issue around the issue of ordination. And for the last 40 years, um, our denomination has struggled with this. It's finally moved to a point of acceptance, for example, for ministers who are openly gay to become ministers. And it is, but it's a, it, that, that's just the way we frame that, that one specific part of it. But it has to do with a lot larger issue of how we regard gay and lesbian people in our, our life, in our families, and in our communities. And there are a lot of mythologies, kind of a lot of religious baggage. And I think of religion uh, sometimes as just basically sanctioning prejudice. But on the other hand, sometimes religion actually speaks over against prejudice. And in, in your case, Joe, you, you, sing in the choir at your church. So <laughs> you are gay and you're Christian. And some people believe they have to be either or, that they've had to either often give up their religious outlook. I, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people um, who fear that. Um, I mean, I, I meet people every day who, I mean, almost refuse to set foot in a church, um, you know, out of fear for that. Um, I mean, I do want to say, I mean, we are talking about religion that I'm not, judging anyone who does disagree with my sexual orientation. I mean, as a, as a country with the freedom of religion, I, t I completely respect every church's right to have its own opinion. I mean, it, it does have that right. I mean, I disagree with some of those opinions, but, I mean, there's no reason why we can't continue to work together, um, I mean, in coalition, I mean, to solve many of the world's problems. 
And I mean, and I, I just encourage those who maybe have left the church or are afraid of the church. I mean, that it may be time to give the church another chance. I mean, we preach forgiveness and a lot of times, you know, people kind of refuse to forgive us. When I'm sitting at a, a PFLAG meeting and uh, kind of the issue comes up and, and someone says, well, you know, my parents are religious and everybody groans. <laughs> Because they know what that means. That is often meant uh, that they are going to be judged and excluded, and, and sometimes violently excluded. What can we do to help change that atmosphere? I would say soften your heart and really think about how difficult it is for all of us to make it through life and offer compassion to anyone who is struggling to be true to who they are. I mean, it takes a lot of courage. It's not an easy thing. People do not choose to be gay. As a child, I spent a lot of time, just endless hours, struggling with my identity, not wanting to be different in terms of my sexuality. But finally, I realized that that what I had to do was embrace who I am and be truthful about that so that people can know who I am. And it's only through knowing me and in my entirety that people can love me. Um, and I, I can think of no greater gift now than for me to offer my full self and my full identity to other people. And when someone does accept me, I know that I have a, a true lifetime friend, um, which I think you know, that, that for me is at the core of what a religious experience is about. It's about being loved and accepted for the totality of who I am. This is Religion for Life. I'm John Shuck, and my guests have been uh, Keith Frederick, president of PFLAG Tri-Cities, and Joseph Reimer, chair of the Tennessee Equality Project uh, Tri-Cities. You can find those websites, pflagtricities.org and tnep.org. Uh, do you have a couple of final statements to say before we close? Joe, uh, tell us again about some of the legislative work you're, you're doing. and. I mean, currently, our, our biggest legislation is the License to Bully Bill, which gives permission for anyone to bully based on religious, philosophical, or political views. And then the other is the Don't Say Gay Bill, which would actually restrict any mention of the LGBT population in schools in grades K through 8. And um, if you want to assist us with that, there are petitions on change.org forward slash T-N-E-P. That's change.org forward slash T-N-E-P. And PFLAG Tri-Cities is open to anyone? PFLAG Tri-Cities is open to anyone who is supportive of our cause. Um, And we're very receptive. Anyone who is struggling with these issues, either as a family member or friend or an individual themselves, questioning their identity, someone in the PFLAG group has been exactly where you are. So it's a great way to come and feel the support and a sense of community. And that website, again, is pflagtricities.org. Correct. Keith and Joe, thank you very much for being with me today. Thank you, John. You've been listening to Religion for Life, a program at the intersection of religion, social justice, and public life. I'm John Shuck, the minister of the First Presbyterian Church of Elizabethton, Tennessee. More information about my congregation can be found at fpcelizabethton.org. Information about Religion for Life, including upcoming shows and podcasts, are available at religionforlife.me. 
Follow Religion for Life on Facebook and Twitter. Religion for Life is a co-production of WETS-FM and WETS-HD1, Johnson City, Tennessee, and WEHC-FM, Emory, Virginia. Be well.